to that topic of angels. God, may this be your words, not Matt's. May you put me so far in the background that my friends don't see Matt. They truly hear your words. Uh, I pray that you would use us in a mighty way as we put a wrap on this series on spirituality and kind of under, understand the start and the end. We love you. In your name, amen. Okay, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Hebrews 13. If you have the Pew Bible in front of you, that's on page 1042. So Hebrews chapter 13, you've noticed the last number of weeks I've stayed close to my notes. That's intentional. I don't want to suddenly say something that you're like, did he say that? And then I have to listen to the tape. So uh, Hebrews 13, just kind of keep your your Bible open to that. We'll look at that in just a second. Now, when we mention the word angels, we have many different beliefs on angels. And one of those beliefs that we actually get from angels actually comes from TV. Now, I'm not going to get you to raise your hands, but when I mention this TV show, some of you are going to go, I remember watching that. Touched by the angel. Touched by an angel. Okay, some of you are like, okay, I need... You're thinking an angel has British accents. They don't. Uh, Or some of you remember this film, Angels in the Outfield. Or some of you just watched this show over Christmas, It's a Wonderful Life. And some of you love It's a Wonderful Life. Some of you hate it. You need to find Jesus because (laughs) that really shows you what angels are all about. No, uh... But in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, we can remember this angel called Clarence. And every time a bell rings, what happens? Look at, everybody's watched it. It's an altar call today. Uh, An angel gets its wings, so a lot of people get their belief about angels just from what we watch. Some people... Maybe some of you in this room have actually gotten a card with this little naked, bald-headed baby angel playing a harp on a cloud. I'm going to expand on that today. No, just kidding. Maybe some of you actually believe that when one of your relatives die, they go to heaven and become an angel. Maybe they're a guardian angel. Now, some of you might be thinking, if my grandmother passed away, I don't want my grandma watching over me. (laughs) What we need to understand in all of this, what we need to understand in all of this, is that according to Scripture, angels are God's servants. They're supernatural beings created by God for God's glory. They do the exact bidding and work. Bidding is a fancy word for they actually do the work of God. They They are an advocate for God. And what's amazing is that these spiritual beings are so fierce that angels can actually kill thousands of people at one time. And they're so gentle that they can protect a single child. Angels are the messengers and spiritual beings of God. Now what's interesting, and we're going to look at this actually in Hebrews in a second where you've opened, They're very likely at this place right now. Angels are all around us. What's hard for my mind to to grasp is that there's actually times when angels show up like human beings. And admittedly, that's way too far for me. 
But when you look at Scripture, there's a couple examples. In fact, in back-to-back chapters of the Bible, Genesis 18 and 19, Genesis 18, Abraham was just out hanging by a tree. Three guys show up and say, what's going on? And these spiritual beings were from heaven. And Abraham thought that they were regular guys. So he hollered back into the tent, Hey, Sarah, we have some visitors with us today. Hey, Sarah, make, your, make some food. Actually feed these guys. And Abraham didn't even realize who was in front of him. The next chapter, something similar happened. Lot in Sodom met two guys one day. He said this, hey, what's going on? And he thought they were just people with no place to stay, kind of nomads. And so he invited them. He said, hey, do you guys want to stay with me? I'll take care of you for the night. He didn't realize that there in front of him were two angels from God. That's just at the start, Genesis 18 and 19. Now, if you have your Bibles, Hebrews 13, look at verse 2. Powerful words from Paul. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some people have actually entertained angels without even knowing it. Well, what are angels? Let's unpack that. What are angels? What exactly are angels? Here's, the, here's some things. Angels are spiritual beings created by God and for God. Here's three things that angels are, okay? So they're going to be on the screen behind me. Angels are worshipers. Okay, so the very first thing that we need to understand about angels is that they're worshipers. Wherever you find God or Jesus, you will always find angels worshiping God or Jesus. In fact, Scripture says this in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6. And some verses we're going to flip to, some we'll just hear what, what God has for us. We don't need to flip there. Here's what Hebrews 1, 6 says. And then... When God presented his honored son to the world, God said, let all the angels of God do, let all the angels of God worship him. Because we know angels are people who worship Jesus, who worship God. In fact, I want you to turn to this. Go to Revelation chapter 5. It's on page 1065 in your pew Bible. Revelation chapter 5. John says this, it's a great image of what angels do when it comes to worship. Revelation chapter 5 verse 11 says this, Then I looked, I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand, uh, ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. So the very first thing that we understand about angels is that they're worshipers. The second thing that we understand about worshipers is that, I mean about angels, is that they're warriors. They're fierce warriors. They battle on behalf of God. Remember when we studied about Daniel a few weeks ago? Daniel chapter 10. Daniel prayed. The angel showed up 21 days later because he said, I've been fighting a battle that you haven't seen, Daniel. Michael the archangel came and he's handling the prince. 
So I'm here to bring you a message. First Chronicles, and just listen to this story. First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 14 through 16, shows a time when David looked up and he saw this, and just picture this in your mind, suspended between heaven and earth, a mighty angel had his, sw- his sword drawn over Jerusalem. So just get that image in your mind. God said this to that angel, I want to have compassion on them. And he said to this angel, put away your sword. And the angel obeyed God. If you want to read that story later, 1 Chronicles chapter 21, angels are warriors. You see an incredible example of this in 2 Kings 19.35, where it says this, That night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death. He put to death 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp on behalf of God Almighty. Holy cow. Angels, on one hand, are worshipers. On the other hand, they're fierce warriors. Scripture says this in Revelation 12, verse 7. There was this war going on in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. You can't just make this stuff up. Well, why? Because angels are created by God and for God. They're worshipers. They're warriors. Well, here's the third thing. If you're taking notes, here's the third thing. We know they're worshipers. We know they're warriors. Here's the third one. They're messengers. They're messengers. Over and over again in Scripture, when you see an angel show up, they actually have a strong message from God for God's people. There's a great example of this in the Old Testament. In the book of Judges, Gideon was afraid. He was scared to death of this warring nation. He was so afraid that he was hiding from them. Scripture says this in in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said these words, and hear these words this morning. The Lord your God is with you, mighty warrior. An angel of God showed up to give Gideon a message that he needed. God is with you. You can win this battle. The Lord is with you. You are a mighty warrior. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We just came out of the Christmas season. This fits in nicely. Luke chapter 1. If you have your pew Bible, it's on 878. Luke chapter 1. We're going to go at verse 30. An angel, Luke chapter 1, verse 30, an angel showed up to a teenage virgin girl with this message. The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You, Mary, have found favor with God. You will be with child. You will give birth to a son. You are to give, his, to give him the name Jesus. The angel of the Lord appeared with the greatest news. The virgin will be with child. His name will be Jesus. He'll be the Savior of the world. Well, what are angels? Angels are worshipers. They're warriors. But they're also messengers. Okay, so that's great, Matt. We've given a great introduction of what angels are, but what do angels actually do in 2020? (laughs) 
So let's, let's unpack that, okay? Here's the very first thing. Angels often give you direction. Angels often give you direction. If any of you are like me, you can get lost pretty easy. Angels come, and they guide you, and they give you direction. So we just looked at that story of, of Mary. She found out she was going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. The fiancé comes, Joseph. And you can just imagine what Joseph's response when Mary comes in and says, guess what, I'm going to be a mother. He was like, I wasn't there. And she says, oh, oh, here's the really cool part. It's from the Holy Spirit. You can just imagine that conversation. And what does God do? In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and says, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take home Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. An angel of, the, of God appeared and gave him direction. There's another great example, and if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to page 134. It's found in Numbers 22. So go to Numbers 22. Numbers 22, verse 21. It's very funny. It's another story you'll want to read later. Numbers 22, verse 21, page 134. There's this guy named Balaam. He got up in the morning. He saddled his donkey. He went out with the princes of Moab, but God was very angry when he went, and an angel of the Lord stood in the road to to block him. This guy was going in the wrong direction. Okay, so as we look at this story in Numbers 22, he's going in the wrong direction. And if you look down at those verses 21, 22, and 23, what does an angel of the Lord do? It blocks him. Now, for, for some of you, you've had that happen. It might not be a physical angel, but you're going this direction, and everything is not allowing you to go in that direction. Verse 23, look at verse 23. Because this is the funny part. Like, every so often, God throws in funny parts. When the donkey saw the angel, the guy didn't see the angel of the Lord. The donkey does. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, the donkey turned off the road and into a field. Like, I'm getting out of here. Some of you have pets. They would do the same thing. So here we have Balaam riding on his faithful friend, this little donkey. The donkey sees a fierce angel. The donkey says, I don't want any of that. The donkey veers off the road. Balaam, if you keep reading that story, Balaam is not happy about it. So he gets off the donkey and starts to beat the donkey. Some of you, this is resonating really true in your mind. If you read the whole story, and this afternoon I'd love for you to read the whole story, the angel shows up a second time and blocks the donkey again. So the donkey goes the opposite way. And the donkey took Balaam's foot and jammed it into the side of the mountain. So he rides really close there. Balaam's so angry. Some of you, when you're not getting your way, is so angry. He gets off, and he starts whipping the tail of the donkey. Gets on the donkey again. The donkey goes forward and sees the angel again. The donkey says, I'm just going to lay down here. 
Some of you remember horse riding in grade six when you went as a school, my horse laid down. What does Balaam do? Gets off, starts beating the snot out of this poor, cute, little, innocent donkey. God feels finally sorry for this donkey. And what does God do? He opens up the mouth of the donkey <laughs> and lets the donkey speak for himself. The little donkey says this. This is matology. Don't put it in your notes. I've been faithful all these years to you. And suddenly, Balaam clues in what he's saying. And he's like, wow. I finally see the angel. So the donkey spoke. Balaam finally gets his eyes open. He can see the angel. He bows down before the angel, and the angel actually speaks to him. The angel said this. And this is huge for you, and I encourage you to read this story later on. Numbers 22. Balaam, if you would have went any farther, I would have had to kill you, and I would have saved the donkey. See, everybody likes the donkey. Now, if Balaam had been riding on a cat, that would have been a different story. You'd have wiped him out. Okay, I digress. Here's what you have to understand. There's many times in our life where you are hell-bent on doing something. You just got to do it. I got to do it, I got to do it, I got to do it. And you continue to hit roadblocks. What could those be? Maybe you're like Balaam and the donkey, where it's the angel of the Lord redirecting you off the wrong path onto the right path. See, angels give you direction. And in your life and in my life, there's so often where an angel is directing us, and what do we do? We try to fight really hard. Now, not only do angels give you direction, but angels actually protect us from danger. Now, sometimes you might have some of your friends, or you've asked this, I know I've asked this, do I have a guardian angel? Well, Scripture never says that everyone has a guardian angel, so you need to forget it's a wonderful life for a little bit. Psalm 91 says this. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. Psalm 91, page 512. Psalm 91 says this. And I love how in Scripture, what you have to keep remembering is that in Scripture, that angels, it's not like there's three chapters written about it. It is sprinkled throughout, which tells us something about what God wants us to understand from different authors. Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12 says this. For, the, for God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that, you, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Angels often protect us from danger. There's another great example of, of angels protecting people. In the New Testament, when Peter was locked up in prison, as much as he wanted to be free, he wanted to preach about Jesus, he was chained up and he couldn't get free. At any moment, Herod could have pronounced a judgment on him and executed Peter. But in the middle of his time in prison, here's what Scripture says. It's in Acts chapter 12, verse 7. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And the angel woke him up and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Imagine in the middle of 
of your sleep, an angel shows up, touches you, and this bright light just suddenly starts shining and the chains fall away. Look at verse 8. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and your sandals, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And then verse 11. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and, angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, God sent one of his spiritual, his spirit, wow, can't even say that, supernatural beings to rescue you. You never know. And some of you, honestly, in this room have stories where you're like, I know this time. There may come a time in your life where you can say those same words. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Lord sent his angel to protect me. I've talked to a lot of people who can say that. They say, you know, Matt, I know there was an angel. Now, in my life, I don't have any firsthand stories like that. But I, knew, I do know, and by faith, I absolutely believe that there are angels all around and protecting those that I love all the time. Maybe on this side of eternity could be one that I prayed for, for protection, and there was an angel who stood in the way going, not today. You never know. You never know how many times God is doing something supernatural to protect you or those who you love. Well, what do they do? What do angels do? Angels direct you. They protect you. And this is probably my favorite. Angels minister to you. Scripture says this in, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation? Remember last week we, we studied about Jesus and, and how he was tempted three different times by Satan after a 40-day fast. He was physically exhausted. He had nothing left. And Jesus faithfully fought off Satan with the word of God. He was physically wasted. He was spiritually, he was totally exhausted. And scripture said this in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. The devil left him, Satan left him, and behold, who came? The angels came. And they ministered to Jesus. Maybe that's the image that we need to have in our minds. Rather than the angel on the card, or the angel that we see in TV shows. When we've walked through an intense physical battle like Jesus did, maybe that's the image that we need to have. Physically exhausted. Satan leaves him. The angels show up, and they minister to Jesus. Now, let's go into Bible school just for a second. This word that's translated as the word ministered in the Greek language is actually an awesome word. It's the word diakonia. And here's what it means. It means to be an attendant. So read that verse again. When Satan left him and the angels came, they came to be Jesus' attendant. They, mean, they meant to wait upon Jesus. They meant to minister as Jesus' friends. That's what angels did. They ministered to Jesus as unto a friend. Angels are ministering spirits. They minister to you. Another very powerful example of Jesus was when he was in the garden, just hours before his horrible, torturing death. He knew he was 
He knew what was coming, and so he prayed out to God, God, if there's any other way, may this cup of suffering actually be removed from me. And he was in so much agony, he was sweating blood drops, any other way. If you read that story in Luke chapter 22, verse 43 says something powerful. An angel from heaven appeared to him, and the angel strengthened him. See, that's that what angels do. They come and be our attendants. The angel of God strengthened him, and Jesus went on to say these powerful words right after that. God, not, my, not what I want, but your will be done. Angels could strengthen you even right now. Some of you, you may have a vision to do something, and you don't see how it's going to come about. An angel comes and gives you the strength to keep going. Some of you might have a challenge in your marriage where you think, we can't get through this. An angel of the Lord wants to come and give you strength and hope. Some of you may be facing a temptation where you think, I just can't overcome that sin. And God may send a ministering angel that gives you the strength to overcome the temptations of the evil one. Some of you, you might be just physically exhausted or spiritually burned out, and God may send an angel to give you strength. Here's what I do know. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we live in a physical world. That there's equally real and perhaps even more important spiritual world where the forces of darkness battle against each other. They, they battle against the forces of life, where the kingdom of God is against the evil plans of the evil one. And we battle, not against people, not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers of this dark world. We are given God weapons that are not of this world. We have spiritual weapons, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the shoes that are prepared with the gospel of peace. And we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And we know we can pray for all of God's people on all occasions. And the great news is this. We don't fight. We don't engage. We don't try to gain victory. The good news is that Jesus already has won the victory. We fight from a position of strength. We fight from victory. We don't fight for victory. And the good news is, and you have to remember this, if you're a disciple of Jesus, if you're a follower of his, then greater is the one who is in you than he that is in the world. Call on God, depend on him, and supernaturally he will sustain you and bring you ultimate peace and ultimate victory. I know that there's a lot of you that right now, if you were really transparent, you would say this. I just need a supernatural touch from God. There are some of you that you were totally engaged with the things of God before, but you've just drifted and you need a supernatural touch from God. There are others of you in your physical body right now. Things are not. Things are not right. Things are not right in the ones, in people that you love or someone that you care about deeply that needs a supernatural touch from God. Some of you, you're ready to give up something that you know God doesn't want 
you to, to keep any longer. You need the supernatural strength of God. Some of you, you need the strength to draw near to God and resist the evil one. God will never leave you or forsake you. You've got some decisions to make. I don't think there's a better way to end this sermon series than around the communion table. There is great power in these elements that we have. The cup just isn't for us just to kind of go, well, we've done this for 40 years, and we just got to keep doing it. When Jesus took the, the, the bread and the cup, it ushered in. It ushered in this new victory that you and I have. I'm going to pray. Pastor Trent's going to come up and lead us in this communion time as we kind of walk away from this whole dynamic of spirituality. What? Do not believe the lies that you need to do this by yourself. Let's pray. God, as we walk into the communion time, may it be your will that gets done in our life. It's so easy to feel fatigued. It's so easy to feel overwhelmed. It's so easy to feel like we are just constantly fighting. We thank you that as we've walked through this series, we've learned that the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do things we couldn't do by ourselves and that angels actually are warriors who fight for us, who protect us, who guide us, who point us to you. God, this week for me, a huge realization was that as angels are called to to be people who worship God, may that be true of my life. May I truly be someone that is viewed as, Matt, someone who worships God. We love you. Thank you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Matt. Go knowing that there are tens upon tens of thousands of angels worshiping the same God we get to worship. When we declare his goodness, we are not alone in it. We have a huge army of heavenly hosts that goes with us and for us. We can take this place on. We can go after the good things that God has for this world with confidence. Uh, Go with that confidence. And if there are questions and thoughts that have been stirring in your mind because of this conversation in this sermon series, please talk to Pastor Matt or myself. Uh, Find some time. Send us an email or bump into us right now after the service. Thank you. Go in peace.